The Courage to Lead, episode 143. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Harlan here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Brian Baer. When you're searching for a personal injury lawyer, you want to hire a lawyer that has the capacity to take on your case, the know-how and experience with your type of case, and the resources to go the distance for your case. Size matters, but bigger isn't always better. A quality boutique trial firm like the Bear Law Firm can devote far more time and attention to resources with your case, which is what you really want from your lawyer. Um, Attorney Brian Bear has 20 years of legal experience representing clients in serious and catastrophic injury and medical malpractice cases. He's been first chair in more than a dozen 12-person jury trials on both the plaintiff and defense side. Recognized as a leader in his legal community, he is frequently asked to speak at legal seminars on trial topics ranging from best practices in voir dire to maximizing damages at trial, as well as insurance issues, such as navigating the insurance landscape and injuring demands and negotiations. Um, Brian lives in Atlanta with his wife and two kids. Brian, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Harlan. And you did a great job of, of looking and digesting what was on the, I think the about page of my, of my website. So thank you. Thank you for that. No worries. And then we're going to be asking a lot of questions. So you can go into detail on a lot of that stuff. Sure. First question though, uh, before we get into everything, you know, I've had uh, lawyers, I've had doctors, I've had uh, bookkeepers, accountants on the program. And uh, a lot of them say, yeah, growing up as a kid, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Did you know you wanted to be a lawyer? No, but both my parents are lawyers. Okay. So it was something that was sort of in the DNA and, and um, just sort of innate and led me to, led me to go, go that, that direction. Interesting. Yeah. Cause I had a guy talking about sales, his parents, his grand grandfather, everybody was in sales and he worked as hard as he could to not go into sales. And yet he found himself in sales now. So it happens. It happens to all of us. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about how you got your start, who you work right. with, um, your law firm, um, and some of the things you've been through. But before we get started, I've got 10 questions that I ask every one of my guests. Uh, listeners don't know, these are the questions from the TV show Inside the Actor's Studio, where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood uh, guests from TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So, Brian, if you're ready, question <laughs> number one. What is your favorite word? Oh, um, favorite, favorite word. What well, comes top of mind is resilient, although that's okay. really overused these days, but I, let's, let's go with resilient. Resilient. Perfect. What is your least favorite word? My wife's least favorite word is hate. Um, my least favorite word is can't. Can't. I think those are both bad. So yeah, that's good. Perfect. Uh, question three, what, is, what turns you on? Flexibility and openness. Okay. What turns you off? 
no turns me off. <laughs> what sound or noise do you love? I should have watched inside the director's studio. <laughs> um, what sound or noise do I love? The ooh, this is going to be bizarre. The humming of an MRI machine. Really, it is so soothing. But probably because you can't take your cell phones in an MRI machine, yeah. and so you're just promised not to be disturbed. There you go. That that is good. That sounds. Good. All right. Question number six, then. What sound or noise do you hate? Sound of background TV. Just noise for the sake of noise. Absolutely. Right. Because I, I, my attention span isn't good enough where I can focus. I get distracted by the background TV, and then I get upset with whatever's going on with the background TV. And, it, and it, anyway, it totally takes me off my day. Yep. I hear you. All right. Question seven. What is your favorite curse word? Rhyme rhymes with with can it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question eight. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? A Hollywood screen screenwriter. Okay. Very good. What profession would you not like to do? Psychologist. <laughs> All right. And finally, question 10, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I know you tried. <laughs> Good job. All right. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about uh, how you got your start, how you selected personal injury law out of all the myriad right practices you could go right. into, um, and some of the people we work with. And uh, at some point, we're going to transition into courage and leadership. All right. So listeners, we'll talk about all of that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. All right, and I'm back with my guest, Brian Bear. Brian, thanks again for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you being here. Um, so let's talk about uh, lawyers. You said that it was just kind of in your DNA, something that you just kind of grew into. Um, you went to law school where? University of Georgia. Very cool. Good job. Yes. Um, and out of all the practice areas, there are probably thousands of them that you could have gone into. And I know you, you, you're working in personal injury right now, but you've had other experience, right? You work in product liability law, intellectual property, malpractice. Um, how did you settle on personal injury? That was about being open and a little bit reactive to my my career. Um, when I came out of law school, I mean, if you told me that, that I was going to be a plaintiff's personal injury lawyer, I would have laughed in your in your face. Yeah. I said, absolutely not. I 
before law school, I worked as a consultant for Anderson Consulting, now Accenture. Accenture. Yep. Went to law school in 99. The economy was cooking, right? The dot-coms were, were booming. And I thought I would use my technology and consulting experience from Anderson to then go and get some sort of transactional law job in the hot tech sector um, and move out to Silicon Valley, then go in-house somewhere. And at some point around 35, you know, I cash in my stock options and and be be doing whatever I wanted to be doing on um, out in out in Northern California with 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 everybody else or anyway. Well, then 2000 happened. Um, and so my, my, um, my intellectual property job with, uh, with the big law firm sort of went, went bye-bye and I got a job as a, um, I was lucky to, to get a, get a job doing, um, the more defense work. They call it, um, insurance defense litigation. And, and the reason they call that is because the insurance company is the one that actually hires the lawyer. Mm. You're defending either an individual or a company that's, um, that somebody else has said um, did something negligently that injured, that injured somebody or, or caused some other harm. But so I did insurance defense, defense litigation um, for, for several years at a, at a very, um, good law firm. And I, I really didn't appreciate how, how good a law firm it was at the, at the time I was still, unfortunately, a little bit of a, a 20 something. He thought I was better than I, than I was and a little resentful that I wasn't, you know, pursuing this, my intellectual property, um, dreams or whatnot. And then I, I left that firm to go to a bigger, more national um, law firm that also did defense work, but on a, on a national scale and, and had a lot of different um, other practice areas. And I was hoping that I'd be able to parlay and eventually kind of go into um, the IP world. Mm -hmm. um, I really liked that other firm, but did not like what I was doing and the I don't, there, there wasn't an opportunity to kind of, to kind of move, uh, that was, and, and neither did they promise me any such opportunity. I was just, yeah, I had, had my own, had my own head. Um, and, uh, and then left and did business litigation, um, for a smaller firm that, um, represented a lot of privately held companies and a lot of real estate de developers. Um, and there I did get an opportunity to do, um, to do some, some, I, some intellectual property work and I did a lot of different types of litigation as well. Was fortunate enough to get good trial experience, which is sort of rare in, in the business litigation, um, world, but it, and it wasn't, again, it wasn't necessarily purposeful. It was right. <laughs> just happened. The cases that I got were ones that didn't resolve and, and we went, we went to trial. Um, but it was great. It was great experience. Um, and so I spent seven years at that firm and then that firm was on, was about to, um, implode or explode, however you want to, want to look at it. It was, it was disbanding. Yeah. And, 
And so I saw that handwriting on the wall and, and needed to figure out what I was going to do. I was talking to several different folks. I ended up speaking with a friend of mine who I met at the first insurance defense firm that I worked at. And he had started a plaintiff's personal injury firm about four that had been going for four years. And uh, he needed some help to, to get it to get it going um, or not to get it going. He needed some help to grow it. Yeah. Um, he had he had got it he had got it got it going and doing well, but you need some hope to help to manage the 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 growth. And so we became we became partners in two thousand and and eleven, um, and we were we were partners and grew that firm from the two of us and a paralegal to um, five lawyers total and nice. a staff of um, of I think eight or nine at its at its highest. So, nice. uh, and we had um, offices, um, various parts of metro of metro metro Atlanta, four offices and all. And then I wanted to do something on on my own, and that was a little smaller and devote more attention to medical mal be able to devote more attention to medical malpractice cases. They're they're tough cases. They they require a lot of a lot of money. Um, we were we were doing great at run of the mill um, car car wrecks, and financially that that made that made sense, and that's where he wanted to wanted to go, which I completely understand. And I, I just wanted to go in a different different direction. So I um, I left and started started this firm in February twenty of twenty twenty, right before wow for the world as we good know. timing. Yeah, <laughs> came to came to a close. Exactly. Um, so that's and that's how that's how I got that's how I got here. But it's, it's funny how God or your natural or your higher power, whatever you want to want to call it, leads you to where you should be. Um, I mean, my skill set is is perfect is yeah. perfect for for this, and um, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, if I think if you're if you're open that any situation you're in, there's something to learn from. Even if you're only there for a short period of time, there's something that you take away. I don't think anything is, is random. I don't think anything is you know coincidence, right? right? You meet people for a reason. You are in situations for a reason to learn from them. So it, it sets you all up for it. Now, one thing I noticed on your website, your law firm's tagline, courage, compassion, results. Talk to me about that and the role that compassion plays in law. Sure. Well, <clears throat> everyone or most everyone who comes to a lawyer, particularly in a litigation setting, meaning they, they have a dispute, regardless of the face it, they got a dispute with 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 some person, some some company. And it's a traumatic time for for that for that in, individual. And you have to approach that with compassion for what that person's that person's going through and 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 dealing with. Um, and I mean that's true. It's definitely true in a personal injury context, but it's also true in a business in a business dispute. I mean, owners of businesses that are um, are in a major dispute with somebody that they knew and trust that they think it did did them did them wrong and didn't live up to the promises. 
that's a that's a trying time. It can be just as just as traumatic as any, you know, as any um, marital issues Absolutely. And that are on your business is part of your family, your family, right. you know, right. so yeah. you need to protect it. Right, right. So absolutely. So it, just whatever, if they're coming to you, they're in a, typically they're in maybe not a trying time, but certainly an emotionally charged time. And, and you've got to approach that with, with compassion and, and doing your, and empathy and doing your best from trying to see it, how, how that person, that, that person, that person sees it. Yeah. And it, it's, it's huge. You can't understand excuse me, where they're, where they're coming from and getting to get to the emotional core of the dispute, the emotional core of the case, which is what ultimately you're going to need in order to, to persuade a jury. If you don't have that, don't have that compassion and and understanding. I think that's a great point because a lot of people don't, don't think about it, but every decision we make is an emotional decision, whether it's in business, whether it's in life, whatever it is, it's all based on emotion and same thing with your jury trials, right? You have to touch them emotionally somehow, or or engage them emotionally, to get the to to think your way. That, that yeah, that's absolutely that's absolutely right. And and you've got to of course you've got to present the present the the facts and give them sort of facts so that they can base the decisions. But but we humans base our decisions on emotionally. We just. We just just do, and and it's necessary because you just get so many facts, right? And just oh, I don't feel like as the information age comes and like these data mining, you know, you just are more overloaded with with facts, and yeah. and so you can't. It's it's tough to process them all. So you got to package those facts in a way that tell a story and tell it in a story in a, an emotionally compelling compelling manner. Exactly. Uh, so so. I, would you say that compassion is compulsory in law? Because when I'm working with my clients, right? As a business coach, I'm working with my clients. I, I'm talking to them about putting together their, the foundational elements of their business. And part of that is their core values. Right. We as individuals make our decisions based on our core values. In business, you have a set of core values that you make all your business decisions based on, right? And if, if those aren't shared with your employees, then who knows what they're using to make their decisions. <laughs> right. But when I'm talking to them and I say, what are your core values? They always start off with honesty and integrity. To right. me, those are table stakes. If you don't have honesty and integrity, you shouldn't be in business to begin with. I kind of feel that way about law. If you don't have that compassion, if you're just out there for the money, you're not going to last. You have to have that that compassion for the the entity that you're helping person or business. I, I think that's, I think that's fair. Certainly on a, in a, again, a litigation setting. I mean, I guess that you can be a transactional lawyer that helps do deals or that analyzes very specific areas of the law. Um, and not, necessarily we're human right i mean we gotta have i think they go back and you have to have compassion to be human so a certain level of compassion is necessary is to be human but you could have you could approach that type of practice from a less compassionate standpoint um it seems to me that would lead to burnout a lot faster sure yeah and, and maybe that's why a lot of lawyers get get burned yeah. get burned out it's fair or a lot of in whatever profession it is you get burned out if absolutely you don't, if you don't have compassion for those that you're that you're helping and have a bigger purpose for what you're doing you're, yeah 
Because yeah. I read on your on your uh, law firm website, you talk about you don't take. There's some cases you don't take. You you a boutique firm. You're working with specific cases, fifty or so at a time. You want to make sure that this is somebody that I know I can help, and you really immerse yourself right in that. There are other law firms that will take anybody that walks in. You know, I, I'm I'm thinking of the. Uh, what was the sure, the the advertising there's yeah. advertising lawyers and if there's if it is a clear liability wreck or a wreck that they you know think they win they don't care what the person is you know they don't care anything they will take that they will take that case and sum it up that's absolutely right yeah, absolutely yeah i'm thinking of the uh, philadelphia story was it with tom hanks oh. and the, right and the lawyer sitting there and says so you walked around the barrier and fell into the hole broke your leg and now you want to sue them Yes, we've got a case. Yes, I can help you. You know, it's like, I don't know. <laughs> but you're right. There are a lot of firms and there are a lot of businesses that are out there. Just we're selling this. We don't really believe in it, but we're making money. So we're just going to keep doing that. And I, I don't think I could run my business that way. You know, I want to believe in what I'm doing. I want to feel good about what I'm doing. And part of that is understanding what that person or entity is going through. How can I, how can I help them with that? No, absolutely. And it's what, what makes it rewarding when, when you do help that person, yeah. um, <clears throat> you know, through, through the process and, and help them get a recovery and help them um, get their life back, um, back on their feet and in order. It's, it's just incredibly rewarding. And you make, you make a life, lifelong, lifelong friends, which is. I bet. Really now on your website, you have a couple of success stories. Um, is there one that sticks out to you? You, you want to share something? Sure. You and I'm with? not sure. Cause I haven't, um, looked at my website in a while, which ones are out there. But one of my favorite success stories is a um, a woman who hired me after going through two advertising lawyers, and she had a massive um, injury to her to her foot. Uh, she had recently moved to Atlanta um, and was a uh, driver either for Uber or Lyft at, at the time, the way she made most of her money. So obviously she couldn't, she couldn't drive anymore. And she was on the verge of getting evicted from her, this rat hole of an extended stay studio bedroom apartment that I, that I met her, met her in and had this makeshift cast on. And she was, she was real confrontational because I mean, she was just scared. Like, I mean, she was, she was really, she was really scared. So she was not an easy person to deal with, particularly initially. And she had been through these two other lawyers, one of which had sent her to a chiropractor. Like, I'm not hmm. sure what a chiropractor was going to do with her foot and another to a, um, you know, a podiatrist who had a little more information, but her, the nature of her foot injury was so complex that it was really outside the scope of what of what podiatrists are, are trained. She she needed to see a, a one of the best you know orthopedics um, to 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 help to help her. And so anyway, we navigated through through the through the process. Um, and, and got her to um, an amazing um, orthopedic, Dr. Spiegel at Perimeter. We'll plug out to Dr. Spiegel at Perimeter <laughs> Orthopedics. Um, she had three three surgeries on her on her foot. 
um, and we were able to find a a good bit of of coverage um, through, I believe it was through Uber since she was active. And there's all kinds of uh, we could we could talk for an hour just on Uber insurance coverage through through Uber. But um, but anyway, we were we were able to get them get the maximum amount of coverage through Uber available, available for got her a great, a great recovery. Um, and, um, you know, she, she did what she should do with that. Right. I mean, she put, she, she put most of it in, in investments, put some of it into buying a modest, you know, house. Um, and, and now, um, you know, has a, has a, um, steady, steady job, her foot is, is healed. Um, and so anyway, I, I speak to her, uh, typically, you know, once a, once a quarter, at least check in, I've represented, um, her son and her daughter in more, in more minor, um, automobile, automobile rats. And, um, and so she, anyway, she always has some, some story or something that she's calling me to check, check in, check in on. Um, so that's that's one of my favorite my favorite success success cool. stories. Yeah, very yeah. cool. Yeah, when you can see that you've actually helped improve somebody's life. Yeah, right. I can see right. that's absolutely rewarding. Um, so the, the podcast is about courage, and for a lot of people, working for someone is very comfortable. Right, they make all the decisions. Their necks on the line. Right, they have to make all the the big. Stepping out on your own can be scary for some people. Where did you find the courage to say, I'm going to open up my own firm? Because there are a lot of lawyers that are comfortable working at other big firms or even small firms. They're comfortable having the partners sharing all the responsibility and stuff. To step out on your own can be scary. It is really scary. Um, and really, I don't know that I would have done it but for it got to a point where I just didn't feel like I had another choice but to step on my own because I was losing um my motivation to go to go in and continue to 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 be to be where to be where I was um and so I sat down with my wife unfortunately my wife has uh Maybe she's she's a bigger optimist than than I, and and believed in me more than more than I believed in myself, um, and said, "Let's let's do it," and and so we did. And and part one of the good or the advantages I I had, of course, was I had um, cases that I knew were good cases that were going to come with me. So I knew I had um, <clears throat> a decent bit of runway and I had been in a, a plaintiff's lawyer that time seven years. And I was, by that point, I was getting a lot of calls just to me from former, from former clients that their relatives had issues or their friends had had issues. <laughs> and so um, I thought that, I, it wouldn't be, it, again, that, it, that extended the runway. I mean, I can't, 
don't know that that my firm's sustainable, especially with how I limit my cases and just relying on the friends and family referral. But I thought that I felt like I had enough of that to where again I had I could extend that that runway to so till I built built up my own my own brand so to yeah. so to speak. Um and uh and then you you run out um you, know, you test you test your faith and 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 again and I by no means the most religious religious person person in the room but you trust God that it's gonna work out like it's just gonna work out even if the bear law firm isn't a huge success sure this is gonna this is going to work out and it's going to lead to a path that that's going to be that's going to be better and and you trust and you trust that that's that's the case sure and and working with my clients we, we talk about the same thing what's what's the worst that can happen if this fails what do you do right well i go back to my previous job okay can you live with that can you live with that right, right. it right. may not be exactly but will you survive will your family survive and if the answer is yeah, I even if this fails, I I'll have some place to fall, right? Why not? Why not do it? Right. But did your you said your parents are both lawyers? Do they work for big firms or do they have their own their own law firm? So good, um, very good question. My dad was a sole practitioner down in down in South Georgia in, in Brunswick. Okay. My my mom, as a non lawyer, worked for him and managed his office and essentially was a non-licensed, non-licensed lawyer, uh, for, for his, for his office for, um, all, all growing up, mm-hmm. my parents divorced when I graduated high school. My mom didn't went to law school. She worked for, after law school, she worked for the largest firm in it, in Atlanta oh. for, for a number of years. And, um, and then did uh, work for some other some other firms and ended up um, as a uh, as a staff attorney for for a judge. Um, so I had two very different different experiences. But the, growing up, the firm that my dad ran, ran was a lot more like um, like like the firm that I that I have. Yeah. So and it's so interesting we- that my wife now works works um works with with the firm now she isn't as ingrained she she is solely as a operationals mode she doesn't do anything legal um legal related um which which helps and keeps us in our own in our own lane so sure. dig but that's also interesting that you know we gravitate to what you know and exactly and it's very interesting yeah exactly so uh some of the different types of courage we talk about um, intellectual courage, right? The courage to set aside your long-held beliefs, your your current knowledge to make room for new knowledge. Um, it seems like with everything that you've done, all the different firms that you worked with, the different types of law you practice, all of that had to have been a mind shift, right? To learn these different types of law. And now it's all kind of coming together in your firm, right? Has that always been, I mean, are you a lifelong learner, would you say? Um I'm definitely a lifelong learner. One one of the reasons I, you know, what why'd you go to to law school? And there are, there are a lot of reasons. And, and I think the fact that my my lawyers, I mean, my my parents being lawyers, had a lot of subconscious 
gravitational pull toward toward that. But I knew I wanted to go to graduate school. Um, And I remember talking to my first boss in Anderson Consulting, and and he was like, well, he goes, regardless of what you want to be, I encourage you to just look at the programs of the different, because I was was a real economics wonk. I loved um, that my that degree and I was thinking of pursuing a doctorate in, in economics and it's just like just look at the programs and degrees and and what what most appeals to you intellectually. Um and so that I chose I chose law because at the end of the day that that appealed to me more intellectually. Um not exactly the, the answer to your question, but but I do love to um to learn to learn new things. I mean I love the the obscure documentary that that comes on um, sure. that comes on TV um, or and uh, I I try to make time. I mean, I make time every every Saturday to read um, I read the weekend edition of the Wall Wall Street Journal cover to cover. Um, wow. I try to make time during the week to to read as well. But um, yeah, that's well. You have a lot of other things going on too. You volunteer, right? Yeah. Yes. Teaching, you've got your kids. I mean, that's that's a lot to take care of. Your kids are a lot. Kids are a lot. There's <laughs> so much fun. I never um, you know, I never appreciated how much joy I would get of being a dad um than than I do. And uh yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. And so um about how many people do you have working at the law firm now? We've got um four of us, including including myself. Nice. So thinking back of the four that you've got working for you, the people who worked at the previous law firm, and then along the way, the people who work with you, paralegals and everybody, if I was to bump into any of those folks and ask them about you and what type of leader you are, what do you think they tell me? What kind of leader are you? I mean, I think the, the word you would probably get described me would be nice and um animated (laughs) i generally am i think a a nice a nice guy and i but i can get worked up really really easily um my current paralegal calls it um a high speed come apart um when i just get it too 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 worked up so i think that those would be the kind of the description you get what kind of leader i am um i think the word i think the word you get was a lot of um would be in integrity um and a strong commitment to do a practice in the in the right way and take care of take care of folks committed and, 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 and integrity. Nice. Um, Are you a micromanager or do you rely on your team? Ooh, good. Oh, that's, that's good. I'm trying to be, and I've had a lot of coaching to be um, less and less of a micro micromanager. Um, and that actually has been, you know, subject of, or, you know, both, both myself and my paralegal, kind of had to adjust because I've there were times when I get 
a little frustrated that she wasn't automatically, you know, doing after doing step A, B, C, and D. And she's like, well, you gotta realize, Brian, like you would micromanage B, C, and D for many years. And I'm just kind of not not used, not used to, not used to that. But um, as you the demands of of having your own firm are too great to be to be a micro micro yeah. well, uh, and you're you're hiring people that have uh, tremendous skills you wouldn't hire them if they didn't have the skills that's right right that, that's right and I'm, I'm i'm also lucky to have you know to have folks that have tremendous skills I and mean, i'm a litigation paralegal she's she's been um a senior litigation paralegal for 30 years now wow. And so she's incredibly qualified and, and knows the, in, the ins and outs of personal injury lit, litigation. She also was in-house for a large insurance company, a large automobile insurance company for a while or two. Um, particularly if we have cases that involve that insurance company, she's so awesome. She always has like some connection and some you know back corner somewhere that kind of helps, um, helps kind of push it. But, um, and then, my wife, who runs, you know, op, runs operations. She was um, an operations professional at uh, really large banks, and and then a large um, technology company before for helping me. So she's a master at, at herding cats. And, I mean, just great at dealing with the vendors and the accounting and all that all that, all that stuff. So super lucky to have, to have her, um, her on board and we've developed what I think is a good, a good hiring, hiring process, but that we were able to find our new, our new hire in this, nice. this market when it's not easy, not easy to find folks. but everybody is struggling to find good qualified people yeah, in this market. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's hard, but, um, you know, we got, um, we attracted some um, some good some good applicants and um, we're able to we're able to land somebody somebody really good. Good, yeah. Um, yeah I was working with my clients. We talk about culture a lot. You can't attract the right people if the culture isn't the right fit, right? Um, if you have a good strong culture, your employees will be bringing people in saying, "Hey, we should hire this person." They'll be telling all their friends, and people just kind of gravitate towards you. What would you, if, if you could talk a little about the culture of your company, what, what do you think? How would you describe it? Um, our, our culture is centered around, you know, the mantra that we talked about um, at, at the beginning, courage, compassion, and, and, and results. And, and we do that intra-firm as well for, for our, for our clients. Um, you know, we, we, you know, got foster um, that I want the, the staff to be as courageous as me to tell me if if I'm not seeing something you know if I'm looking at at, at a case the, the wrong way um, or, or they have a different opinion of, of of what's what's the right right process to take I think we foster a very good open open dialogue dialogue that um that way um compassion toward one another and, and toward 
toward our toward our clients and and we know that this is all businesses are results oriented business and we're, we're here to achieve outstanding results for for our clients um and and keep that you know keep that at the top of mind with everything with everything that we're that we do so i've just kind of incorporated that mantra into our into our culture but it's initially it wasn't really purposeful and i didn't understand that you needed to do that but it um purposely but in the beginning of 2021 um we did we created a a a mission statement and a and a vision of our firm and where where we wanted where we wanted to to go um and um and then you know, communicated it to again we don't have a ton, ton of folks but but communicated it sure, you know, to sure. our team and, and had them as part of that collaborative mm-hmm. collaborative process too i mean this wasn't just me or or yeah. my wife and i i mean we were it was a collaborative process to 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 get there and and that we spent a decent amount of time doing that and it was good you know very very worth very worthwhile Absolutely. Yeah. It kind of gets everybody on the same page. Right. Right. And yeah, it's, um, it's good. And so, you know, now that we brought on our, our new person during this incredibly busy time. And so we're, we're meeting later this month, we're going to do an offsite, um, kind of our second quarter meeting a little nice. bit, a little bit later, a few weeks later than we should, but, um, but yeah, we're going to do an offsite Excellent. half a day and making sure that, you know, he, he fully understands, um, our vision and culture. Very cool. So then what's next for you? What do you, what do you think? Uh, you looking to open another office somewhere in the Atlanta area or maybe another state? Um, no, I think I'm, I think I'm okay with, with one office. We are looking to expand our, our office. So I think what's, what is initially, Next is we're gonna take some. Um, I currently share space with uh, two other two other law firms. We as a group are gonna take adjoining space so that we all have more more room to grow. Nice. I think that the next um, by the end of the year we'll have another another lawyer on board to help to help push cases more cases. Um, post-pandemic for whatever reason seem to be going to trial or getting right up there at trial before they're resolved and, and you just gotta have just gotta have the horsepower to 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 do it. Yeah. Um and uh I'm I'm starting to take on you know more of the catastrophic end of cases and if you don't have you know the horsepower to litigate those um, vigorously. The the other side knows it, and they'll they'll wear you, they'll just wear you out. Absolutely, they'll wear you down and wear wear you out. So, absolutely, good stuff. All right, so I have to ask the screenwriting. Do you have some ideas in mind? I have none. Yeah. I have no creative. Oh. I'm a very good writer, and I'm a very good analytical writer and brief writer. I've got no creative <laughs> writing. Like I don't, I don't have it. And of course, I've, I've never developed it either. But it's something that, since I was, 
kind of in my mid twenties, wanted to be able to develop and and do and ultimately I think I would be good or I would be good on a team like I'd be a good editor like somebody else has the you know the vision and the sure. idea and they lay out and I'd be good at putting together the actual <laughs> intricacies of the of the dialogue and whatnot but I have no ideas and I have written absolutely nothing but it's something that I I think would be super super cool and um, I think it'd be awesome I think you probably have a bunch of stories you could draw from and probably put out some good work. Right, right, Very cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Brian, this has been awesome. Thank you so much uh, for oh, being on the podcast. You. If people want to get in touch with you and learn more about the Bear Law Firm out of Atlanta, how can they? How can they reach you? What's your website? Sure, it's um, www.thebearfirm.com, okay. and our number is really easy. It's four zero four the Bear. Nice. And regardless of the way you spell it, I spell my name B-A-E-R, but uh-huh. if you, if you were to spell it B-E-A-R, it also will will route will route to us um 404-843-2237. Um and um I can be reached on my email, Brian at the bearfirm.com as well. Nice. Very yeah. cool. All right. I will have all those links down in the show notes for everybody so they can reach out to you and stuff. And again, thanks very much for being on the show. Oh, appreciate please. It. Thank you. This was so much, so much fun. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Awesome. Sure. Listeners, hope you guys are taking a lot of good notes, uh, a lot of good information here and stuff. And if you do need a personal injury lawyer, malpractice, um, any of those things, reach out to Brian Beer and the Beer Law Firm out of Atlanta. And you work not just exclusively in Georgia. You have clients from all over, right? You're- I, I do. I've got a, I've got a case in, in Ohio. Um, now I've got a case in, in, ten- in Tennessee, um, I mean, Caner, those clients initiated in Georgia and it just, you know, happened that the bad, the bad events happened in, in other, in other states, but yeah, very cool. All right. So anybody if you're looking for some legal advice, definitely reach out to I, the beer. Absolutely happy. And if I don't do it, I've, you know, one of the advantages of kind of practicing in, in several different firms in different areas is. I typically know somebody know somebody good who does and always just happy to happy to help good folks get to get to where they're need where they need excellent. To be. excellent very cool all right all right listeners uh, make sure you share this uh episode with your family friends and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming that's it for me coach harlan saying so long for now thank you <laughs>